battling fatigue, cannot be unrattled when the day is done. Poop another red hours, get the battles. Defibrillator, CPR, weird to be a straddle. Chalk of eyes, shock delivered. I'm alive, ideas radical, conservative. You heard him give that blurb about the women. Now I think it'll be the day he dies to see if it was global show. I work hard around this show that he does cause discord with the world shows. Let's think about crescendo. This is Crescendo. The Crescendo Podcast official disclaimer. This podcast is not designed to offend, hurt, mentally damage, or in any way harm your well-being. The ideas released in this podcast are open to the world and welcome to interpretation. My hope is that it allows you to further solidify what you believe. Take a stance. Let me read you an excerpt of an interview between Buddhist meditation teacher Charlotte Joko Beck and Donna Rockwell published as an article on lionsroar.com in 2009. I'll have to bring my best voice acting to this because they're both female and, well, I am not. Donna Rockwell. I read your books. Charlotte Jojo Beck. Oh, you read? Well, give up reading, okay? Give up reading your books? Well, they're all right. Read them once and that's enough. Books are useful, but... Some people read for 50 years, you know, when they haven't even begun their practice. How would you describe self-discovery? You're really just an ongoing set of events like boom, 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 one after the other. The awareness is keeping up with those events, seeing your life unfolding as it is, not your ideas of it, not your pictures of it. See what I mean? How would you define meditation? Awareness of what is mentally, physically? Could you please complete the following sentence? The one thing awareness has taught me that I want to share with all people is that I don't want to share anything with all people. Our lives are filled with a constant stream of information and chaos and meditation completely turns it upside down. Meditation is work. It's not a get-rich-quick solution for artistic excellence, but it will absolutely change a life, mindset, and creative expression, but the latter is a side effect. Meditation gives the brain time away from the onslaught of information that we experience during the day, some precious time to rest and grow. I recently started a daily meditation practice, and one of the highlights of my day is returning from meditation into the world around me. Only once I experience silence does the world become more vividly, alarmingly real. Opening my eyes after an extended period of controlled thought is a stimulus overload and never fails to amaze me. In that moment, I am so aware of my surroundings that it almost feels like I'm dreaming. Buddhist meditation gurus say that this is what reaching enlightenment feels like all the time. I've become an avid advocate for meditation, especially for musicians and creatives. The job of a creative is to shape order out of the chaos of reality, and meditation clears that realm to make clean expression. I once had a music teacher who insisted that absolute silence fell before students began to play. If someone was noodling on their instrument right as he counted students off, he would cut the song off and wait for silence. Meditation utilizes the same principle. It clears the mind and provides a blank slate for ideas to blossom. I once heard a joke that goes something like this. John is a little five-year-old boy. One day, John went to his grandparents' house for the weekend trip. He arrived in the evening and they had a wonderful night's sleep. In the morning, he was awoken to the smells of breakfast. The breakfast was a delicious meal of pancakes and bacon. At lunch, however, John noticed that the plates they were eating on had remnants from the morning's meal. He asked, Grandpa, why is this plate sticky from maple syrup? To which Grandpa replied, That's as clean as cold water will get him. At dinner, John couldn't stop himself from asking why there were scraps of from the previous two meals on his plate. Grandpa, why are these plates dirty from our food? To which the grandfather casually replied, That's as clean as cold water will get him. The next morning, John had to ask once more why the plates weren't cleaned from the previous three meals, to which Grandpa, to John's irritation, declared, 
That's as clean as cold water will get him. Just then a dog walked into the dining room, and the grandfather called, Here, cold water! Think of meditation's impact on creativity like one would that dinner plate. The function of a dinner plate is to serve as the medium for a meal. Just like a canvas is the medium for painting and time is the medium for music, a dinner plate is the medium for a dinner. When one begins to load up the eggplant parmesan, salad, green beans, roasted vegetables, and sautéed mushrooms, I'm a vegetarian, the plate must be clean first. By meditating, we can clean the plates to make room for the meal to be cleanly presented. Meditation's impact goes much farther than the studio. Recent research shows that the leading form of meditation for creatives, called Transcendental Meditation, or TM, has massive health benefits. These include lowering blood pressure, improving cardiovascular health, and more. The realm of mindfulness is one of the few schools of thought where everyday practice is driving progress, and the world of science is lagging to keep up. In almost every other area of scientific study, including engineering, chemistry, and software development, science is the force driving progress. There's a fantastic 58-minute interview with George Harrison and John Lennon on the popular British show The Frost Program that aired on October 4th, 1967. I won't read it in its entirety, but I've linked it in the description of the podcast for those that would like to listen to it. In the interview, George and John talk about their experiences with meditation and the impact it's had on their creativity. At one point, John explains that, quote, the energy that I found there doing meditation, you know, has, has been there before, only that I could access it only during good days when everything was going well. With meditation, I find that it could be well pouring down rain. It's the same amount, unquote. The Beatles had only been meditating for six weeks at this point, but it already gave them insight into their creative processes. Later in the interview, George and John explained to David Frost the difference between taking LSD and meditation. Quote, With drugs, you were still on the relative level. Just waiting and dreaming, all this is relative, only on this grosser level. Whereas, when you meditate, it's a subtler level. So you really cannot compare them. With drugs, you do have a glimpse of a few things that heighten your experiences, but if you take a drug and hope that it will bring the subtlety out of the grosser level, well, it will never work." Unquote. Drugs and meditation are deeply linked. The want to experiment with drugs comes from a fundamental unhappiness, or a need to experience something greater with the hopes that it could help make meaning out of life. In many ways, people take drugs for the same reasons that they go shopping. The desire for something greater that could give some kind of meaning. The desire to meditate stems from that same desire to experience a greater force, but meditation is the healthy solution, the original solution. Meditation gives clarity and insight that drugs are only able to give for a fleeting moment. The difference between drugs and meditation is analogous to the difference between gambling and investing. When one gambles, short-term money can be made, but the gambler can become addicted and the money is spent quickly. Investments are long-term, rational bets that cultivate large economic growth and strong life practices. Meditation is an investment into the future of the meditator. But meditation goes deeper than art. Meditation is a form of spiritual well-being, something to heal the soul. I want to fundamentally shake the way we think about art. What is it? What's the point? What are we hoping to gain by organizing thousands of notes and playing them in sequence? This is the conclusion that I found through hours of meditation. Here it is. Art is no different from drugs. The reason we take drugs is the same reason we create and consume art. We're hoping to be able to tap into a greater power to bring happiness into our lives. This personal discovery is extremely difficult to make, but it's what I've decided is true. When we listen to music or we visit an art museum or consume human expression, we're hoping to find an idea, feeling, or life philosophy that could make us happier. It's the same reason we obsessively scroll through our Facebook and Instagram feeds. 
We cannot stand the thought of being unhappy and we will go to no end to seek that happiness. This is coming from an audiophile that listens to hours of music every day. This is coming from someone who has devoted much of his personal time to create a podcast about art and ideas. It's an awful realization that happiness I've been seeking through bodily pleasures is fleeting, and I will always fundamentally be unhappy if I continue the search for great art. Meditation is the ultimate state of being, the state of presence, of gratefulness, of spiritual oneness that can't be found by crate digging through the endless troves of SoundCloud. That can't be found by reading a book and becoming lost in the world. These are fantastic, fleeting emotions. Aren't recreational drugs then just a dramatic representation of that temporary pleasure? Will music, art, and literature bring the same fundamental unhappiness that drugs bring? I'm reminded of the classic Eminem song, Lose Yourself, during this discussion. Eminem both understands this nature of music and wholeheartedly embraces it. He shamelessly uses momentary pleasures of rhyme to make the most of his life. It's a fantastic song, and if you haven't heard it, then you're missing out on a fantastic temporary pleasure. I've linked it in the description of the podcast. I couldn't walk away from this episode with the advice to drop art, quit a passion, and become a monk, but for a long time, I was ripped apart between the half of me that wanted to embrace art and the half of me that understood the depth meditation provides. This is the solution I've come up with. There's a piece of art in my bathroom that was given to us by friends, and it reads, to live quietly, plainly, simply, fully, with friendship, love, and a little music, please. That is the good life. Art and meditation don't have to be mutually exclusive. The trouble begins when we consume art with a desire to find happiness that we think can only be found in art. Art, music, literature, and the other humanities hold some of the greatest pleasures in our world today, but we can't completely appreciate them until we are fundamentally set. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Get it. This is the role of meditation. I heard his end story once many years ago, and I'm afraid I can't remember all the details or where I found it, but it has stuck with me, and here it is. A young apprentice entered the room of his teacher. The teacher welcomed him and quickly asked him if he had news from his friend, who lived a long distance away. The apprentice hadn't received any communication of the sort, so he said he did not. The teacher dismissed him. The next day, he entered again into the study of his teacher. The teacher beckoned him in, as he'd done the day before, and asked him for news of his friend. Again, the student had heard nothing of a letter, and the friend lived a great distance away, so it seemed unlikely the letter would make it safely to the teacher. The following day, the student ran into the study of his master, for he had received the letter he had so anxiously waited for. Upon its arrival, the master was very excited, but when handed the letter, he chose to leave it unopened. The student asked, Why don't you open this letter? You have been eagerly awaiting it for some time, to which the teacher responded, I must wait until I am at one with the letter, when I have established myself and the letter is a trivial matter. This is the foundation for the philosophy that I offer today. Meditation is the groundwork for the establishment of a happy human, and only once the consumer does not rely on artistic expression to stay happy does true happiness occur. In the end of the story, the teacher cannot let his happiness rely on the content of the letter. He must first accept everything, and then he could be able to fully, sustainably enjoy the letter. Only once a creative can fully understand this can they return to their art. Only once they understand that happiness will not stem from successful creation, but will simply provide surface-level emotions can the artist do their best work. This is where it all ties together. Not only will meditation then help to enjoy art, but it will completely restructure the way art is created. When someone creates art, perhaps they are trying to squeeze emotion out of a drawing or help someone escape into a fantasy novel. For 99% of the creative population, 
Creativity is a way to share ideas and help people grow or gain appreciation by fans. I know that I personally practice piano because my skills could have an impact on my peers, which might help me appreciate myself more. Very rarely do I practice piano only for the joy that it brings me to successfully play a piece. It's important to remember that no amount of appreciation is going to change my life or make me feel satisfied with where I am. Think of this healthy relationship with art like one might think of an unsupported plaster wall. If a contractor makes a wall of your house unsupported, you can probably sue them, so keep in mind that this analogy is dangerous, unsafe, and certainly not at home. Don't try this at home. This human fly swatter of a wall has no support or studs to secure it. Somehow, it's freestanding, but it's not built onto any recognizable structure. Now imagine that one is trying to turn it into a successful wall, and the person who is attempting to fix it is not the brightest and tries painting the wall different colors. This person cannot figure out what is wrong with it no matter how many times the color is changed. The colors aren't doing a thing! The wall is still totally freestanding, not solving the underlying problem. Now imagine that someone with half a brain suggests to attach it to studs and the metal frame of a house. The ideas implemented in the wall is grounded. Only once the wall has a sturdy foundation can paint be added. Once the real problem is gone, the paint is a nice touch. The paint cleans it up and adds some trivial aesthetic pleasure to the wall experience. Fundamental well-being improves everything, including the quality of an artist's expression. Creative success is an offshoot of the ground-level satisfaction with life. Improved creativity is merely a side effect. Meditation can almost be viewed as the process by which a meaning in life is found, just like how cooking eggs on a saucepan makes scrambled eggs. The cooking is the process by which one scrambles the eggs and nothing more. Meditation is the how by which true art is created as a byproduct. In the famous five W's, meditation covers most of them and the how, which is sometimes half-heartedly tacked on to the end. With who, it's the meditator, obviously. This is my favorite question because the whole point of meditation is to find oneself. With what, mental well-being takes control over the specification of details, and with when, meditation encompasses that as well. It gives time context, something to balance with. With where, meditation creates a state simultaneously everywhere at once, disregarding physical limitations. Not that kind of brain everywhere at once. Is the purpose of an artist just to produce great art? Is every human like a cog in the great wheel of society with the sole function of an artist to produce art? Is the life of an artist centered on how efficiently they can spread ideas? In other words, can an artist find meaning and purpose through their art? Does this make meditation simply the how for each artist to produce better art? I tend to dislike this dehumanized take on reality because it doesn't focus on the needs of the individual. What is the point of being alive? Is it to enjoy each moment while we can? If this is the case, then the worldview with the artist as a creature of function doesn't particularly appeal to me because it, it doesn't leave room for happiness, which is, controversially, the goal of being alive. It also seems to me that the methodology of meditation complements the philosophy of yin and yang. Through the process of meditation, a creative completes the circle of expression, benefiting each practice, and yes, artistic expression is absolutely a practice. Musicians practice instruments in the most literal nature of the term, but other types of artists improve their craft through practice as well. Meditation is the process of centering energy and releasing external thoughts and emotions, focusing on an inner idea. Creativity is the perfect opposite, a controlled release of that inner energy, embracing external thoughts that were controlled during meditation. Think of this yin and yang idea like one would a phone. At night, I think it's good practice to turn off a phone while charging it, during this time, the phone simply absorbs energy from the outlet and nothing else. 
The sensors are dead to the world, it's not processing your trivia crack turns in the background, not updating any Snapchat streaks, and the screen is off. It simply absorbs energy. When one boots up the phone, it's at 100% battery, there are no major background applications running, the sensors turn on, and it's ready to discharge that energy on a words with friends turn. In this analogy, your consciousness is like that phone. Meditation centers creative energy and raises it to its peak. As soon as the phone turns on, it's like booting up the phone. All senses become awake, the brain begins its train of thought, and that accumulated energy is ready to discharge. Once the battery is dead, the cycle begins again. These two states balance each other and foster cyclical tension and release. Without meditation, creativity suffers from a muddled, constant stream of information from everyday life, say, the info that a Chipotle burrito doesn't have the requested carnitas. Yes, without rest, creativity can become harmed by food industry negligence. With meditation, however, one can confidently ask the cashier to remake the burrito. Poor staff. Just like practicing a saxophone or drawing 10,000 pairs of eyes, meditation is a skill that can improve. I recently started working out seriously, not just doing a few miles on the stationary bike and calling it a day, mind you. And I simultaneously began a meditation practice. As I grew both mentally and physically stronger, I was amazed by the similarities between the two. After working out, my brain was filled with endorphins creating the runner's high, and after meditating, my consciousness was profoundly altered and hyper-aware, very similar to the state experienced after working out. The critical difference between the two is that working out improves the quality of matter one has control over, but meditating improves the quality of one's consciousness. Say perhaps a football player decides to begin exercising. Working out not only improves their football skill, but improves anything that they do with their body, which is most things. Meditation is like working out, but for the brain. Altered creativity is just one positive outcome from improved brain fitness. Anything that one uses the brain for, hint everything, is enhanced. I think it's fitting to end this episode with a one minute meditation. Think of it like a, like a mindfulness sampler plate. As the always too small spoonful of meditation is tasted, consider buying a full tub of Maywood's delicious full 20 minute meditation practice. A subscribe and save variety is also highly recommended for long-term success. Here's the complimentary minute. Try to focus on the breath and have an increased awareness of thought. If a train of thought takes control, gently return to the breath. Crescendo Podcast is written, recorded, produced, mixed, and published by me, Maywood. Every track you hear on this show is my original content, with the exception of the intro and outro track, which was written by Acids in Last Voyage and published on Distance Records. You hear it everywhere, but it actually does help when you subscribe on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. 
Thank you so much to Cry to Form who designed the purple logo. Thanks to John Hargrave, father, blockchain enthusiast, talented chef, and slap bass player for your continued support and encouragement. And thanks to the staff and friends on Cream Dart for the feedback and good vibes. You just listened to half an hour of content that you hopefully enjoyed, and I'll keep the money talk short and sweet. My challenge for you today is this. I don't believe that you will donate some Bitcoin. My challenge for you is to be the person that stands up for independent content creators. Prove me wrong and donate a few dollars of Bitcoin to the address that can be found in my bio on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever else. Just copy and paste the address into the send part of your app. Best of luck. Bye, Tim. Uh, good night, Jake.